0: We've been, we've been preaching a little bit here uh, in, in the first part of the, of, of the year on a on, on simple subject. This there is more. There is more. You believe God's got more for you? I believe that. I really do. God has more. And today, I'm just going to go into a third area of this and really preach what I feel in my heart. If I happen to go over two or three minutes, will you forgive me or will you send me to prison? All right. You'll forgive me? All right. I. I I'm going to try my best to get through because I'm a pastor and I understand time and I know you have time restraints and I appreciate you being here today, but I I love you very much. I want you to turn to somebody and say, pastor's going to preach to us today. We're going to hear the word of the Lord. Let's respond to the word of the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated. You're awesome, awesome, awesome people. If you're a first time guest, we give you a hand today. If you're a first time guest, we give you a hand today. Thank you. Amen. Amen. As we launch into the second month of the new year, isn't that amazing we're already in the second month? We've gathered around a theme in this church called There Is More. There's More. And this weekend I want to continue to talk about vision. Vision, according to Webster's Dictionary, is the act or power of sensing with the eyes or sensing with sight. Anticipating that which will or may come to be. An experience in which a thing or event appears vividly or credibly in the mind. How many of you know what vision is? You've had vision in your life. Come on, raise your hand, and that's all right. Good. I read a, I read a cute story about a family that was on vacation and had a little boy in the back seat, and you know, Kansas is so flat. He said, "Boy, it's so flat out here, you can look further than you can see." <laughs> you know what he meant? We need people in church that have the hand of God on their life to look further than they can see. Life with vision, folks, is powerful. It really, really is. It's powerful. Life without vision is perishing. It's just the way it is. With vision, people excel beyond the norm. With vision, people do what they could not do otherwise. Vision has a way of lifting the lid. It has a way of breaking barriers. It has a way of achieving what was otherwise thought impossible. Not only should we celebrate life with vision, we need to be scared, really, a little bit fearful to live life without it. We need vision in our life. Or as one man said, be alive as long as you are living. Because when you die, you'll, you'll be there a while too. So go ahead and be alive. Because Proverbs 29 says, where there is no vision, we have, we've said it, the people perish. The NIV of that says, where there's no vision, people cast off restraints. They cast off restraints. Let me, let me give you an example of what I mean by vision. This is one of the most awesome things that I'm fixing to show you. If I were to show you, don't put it up yet, a pile of scrap cardboard and old car parts and used tires and other cast off. What would be the first thought that popped in your mind? I'm going to show it to you right now. Put it on the screen. Look at that. That's what I'm talking about. It looks like a junkyard. That's what it is. It's a refuse place. You'd think trash heap. You'd think junkyard. You'd think eyesore. You'd think, wow, I hope that's not next to my house. But a professor at Auburn, Auburn University years ago after Katrina took this kind of stuff right here His name is Sam Mockby. And he took these things and he built low-income houses for people who were destitute and had lost their places in the hurricane. In a community center, he he built a chapel wall that was made of a hundred discarded car windows. Many of these homes were attractive enough to be featured in an architectural magazine. In fact, I want to show them to you right now. Look what happens with vision. Put it back on the junk heap. Put it back on the houses. That's what happens. I think you ought to give them back. See that? See that? All them windows right there and that gold thing? That's that's a man with vision. That's what vision does. In fact, that's what Jesus did for us. Hell put us on his trash heap. But Jesus said, I can fix that. And Jesus made us look like this. He's got us shining like a brand new apple today. Are you glad for the saving power and the redeeming power of Jesus Christ? That's good stuff right there. That's vision. One pastor of a thriving church that blessed the community of their city said this when he was asked the secret of his church's success. He said, I hold a crown above my people's head and I watch them grow into it. That's what I'm doing here. The culprit behind most of issues is lack of vision. Without vision, people live aimlessly. They live lethargically. Without vision, people lack discipline and people eat too much. And people don't take care of themselves and watch way too much TV. Without vi- <laughs> Amen. without vision, people are too passive. Without vision, people play too many video games. They gamble too much. They spend too much time talking about nothing and doing nothing. Without vision. Without vision, people criticize too much. Live as if the world owes them something. They have this entitlement mentality. I'm not being hard today. I'm just talking about vision. But as powerful as life is with vision, it is best a slow death without vision. At best, a slow death. A life void of vision is a perishing life. Everybody say, Lord, Lord. let me understand that I need to look further than what I can see. Hallelujah. Help me look further than what I can see. We're going to, we're going to talk about developing and maintaining vision here today. Not, I'm not talking about money. I'm going to talk about developing and maintaining vision. Genesis chapter 13 says, The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had parted from him, Lift up your eyes from where you are and look north and south and east and west. And all the land that you see. Everybody say all the land. I will give to you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Wow. Go walk through the length and the breadth of the land for I am giving it to you. Clap your hand for the word today. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. The first thing the Lord told Abram, He wasn't even Abraham yet. The first thing he told him was lift your eyes from where you are. Lift your eyes from where you are. Vision is always started and it's always stirred by seeing something outside the context of your current reality. It does not matter where you're living now. When you get vision, you can look further than you can really see. God has got everybody's heart in his hand. And he wants you to catch a hold of this. The current reality of Abram in Genesis 13 was that he had been in Egypt and had become a nomad. A nomad. And there's still nomads in that country over there. He's from the earth of the Chaldees. And nomads live, folks, off the land. And when they had got through eating those people's crops and they had finished that, they were just consumers. They were not producers. They were consumers. And when they got through eating that crop, they'd move on to a more fruitful land and they start eating that crop. It still goes on in churches today. But in Genesis 13, Abram was experiencing a revelation, a vision of owning, taking ownership and farming land, which was unknown approach up to that point. And the right to own land was a beginning of a new era Of creating wealth in Abraham's world. Because people would not invest in land or cultivate land. They did not have rights and privileges to own. Are you with me? So owning land was a huge step forward for individuals to invest in. And cultivate land and create wealth generationally. Amen. Now it began here in Genesis 13. God said lift your eyes from where you are. I want to make a point to you. God wants you to see something outside the context of your current reality. Some people are in this building today and say, Pastor, I'm in this awful marriage. I'm in this awful job. I got this awful school system. I got awfulness. I just, I just live with awful. And life is tough. I'm telling you, life at best is tough. But I'm telling you, it does not matter where you're standing right now. It doesn't matter your your current reality right now. Lift your eyes from where you are. Yes. Lift your eyes. Don't wait until you get what you think pastor's place is or some saint that you admire their place is. From where you stand. Oh, my Lord. From where you stand right now. I want you to lift up your eyes and see what God has for you from your current reality. God is not taking people that have great jobs and great educations and great income. It's not just about them. It's where you are. It's single moms here today. It's dads that are raising kids that don't have a wife to help him. It's people who have lost mates and they're by themselves. It's folks going through divorces in their life and they're saying, I don't have any place but awful to look from. But wherever you are, lift up your eyes and see what God has for you in your future. Hallelujah. Amen. God wants you to have vision. He wants you to have revelation. He wants you to see possibilities. He wants you to see opportunities, potential outside your current reality. See, reality to Henry Ford, folks, was a horse and buggy day. <laughs> Do you realize that? It was horse and buggy. But he said, if I could get that horse that pulled that car to be a horse power, <laughs> I might make something. You know what Henry Ford didn't put in his first car? A reverse we don't need reverses in our life either. We need to just go forward. Come on, folks, let's just go forward. That's his, that was his reality. Do you realize for what reality for Bill Gates and Paul Allen were when they were teens in Lakeside High School in Seattle, Washington? It was only computers were in large corporate situations, and, and you had to get permission to and, and, and ask for permission, It'd be granted permission to even go in and look at it, much less work on it. But they dreamed. They had a vision. They looked further than they could see. And they had vision of a computer the size of this tablet here. And then half the size of this tablet. And then a quarter size of this tablet. And now you can carry it around like this. Some of you fancy folks it has got the six. I'm a five. But they had a vision. Are you with me? Reality for Nehemiah was that his home city of Jerusalem had a serious economic collapse and was plundered by the enemy. And the walls had been torn down and the temple had been destroyed. And here he was in a faraway country and God gave him a vision to go and rebuild the walls of the city. And he comes back and he rides around the city and he's impressed that God's going to help him. And the Bible said that he recruited some people and when he recruited these people, when the people had a mind to work, the Bible said they repaired and restored that wall in 52 days. When I tell you that when you see things from where you are, God's able to provide what you look for in your future. Don't sit there and say, Well, I'm in an awful place. Come on, lift up your eyes. Don't look down, look up. Lift up your eyes from where you are and see what God has for you in your future. Clap your hands right now and rejoice in that. But when you think, when you think future, you need to remember that God's already there. The Bible said many times in the scripture that Jesus went ahead of his disciples and he always went ahead. He never followed. He was the leader. And when you think future, Jesus is already there waiting on you saying, where have you been? Amen. Come on, let's go forward. Everybody say, lift your eyes lift your from eyes. where you are. Amen. The second thing I want to tell you about today is you've got to see yourself like God sees you. Amen? Amen. Yes, Amen? Yes. Vision will need you to embrace a you that is not who you are right now. So that you can see how God can use you to make a difference in the world around you. In Genesis chapter 13, the next thing God did was tell Abraham who had no kids. He hadn't even had a name change yet. He had no children. And whose wife was barren. That he was going to make him the father of many nations. (laughs) In fact, he said, all this stuff, the sand of the sea and all this dirt on the ground. If you can count all the granules of that ground that's going to be your generation's. That's going to be the kids that's going to follow you. God said, you see yourself as having no children because your wife is barren. So you don't see much of a family tree or legacy in your future. But God says, I see you with many, many kids. I see you being the father of many nations. And today we celebrate. Who do we celebrate as a father of faith? We celebrate Abraham. We celebrate him because he was was influenced by a presence and a touch from God. He started seeing himself not as he was, but as God saw him. And when he stepped into that realm You see today major religions of the world View Abraham as their father of faith Some of you have said in your mind today I am not a leader pastor And I could never be a leader Don't say that Because God sees you differently Some people say I could never be in ministry in CLC Don't say that I could never help with kids I hate kids I can't stand kids Kids get on my nerves God's going to put you over in that two year old section Amen Amen Amen. A team leader, a volunteer, somebody to teach Bible study. You know, we need people in this church. Some have said, I'm afraid to even send them to talk in front of people. I am too. Here's my here's what used to be my testimony. I love the Lord tonight because first loved let me pray for me, I make heaven my home. I never opened my eyes. I never looked at anybody. I was scared to death that I would miss a word if I looked at somebody. I love the Lord tonight because he first loved me, pray for me, I make heaven my home. That's all I ever said. And now here I am preaching. Do you think that I don't get nervous every Sunday? Yeah. Not because of people cuz I love you too much to get nervous over you. But because of the fact that I have a gospel to deliver and I want to deliver it right. And I wake up early in the morning. I have a I have this I have this Thing in my stomach every Sunday morning and I say oh God I love this day but I dread this day I love this day but I dread this day and God said go forth my son and preach the gospel and here I am preaching the gospel today because I believe that God has given me an ability because I've stepped out and launched out as a kid as a 10 year old kid on the back porch in sundown Texas God said I'm going to give you a voice I saw it here I am today some of you have stayed back when God wants you to step forward, start volunteering, start using your talent, many people think that becoming a Christian is just a fire insurance plan it's a guaranteed way to heaven but becoming a Christian is not just for fire insurance, it's not just to get you out of hell becoming a Christian is stewarding over over God's original intent for you And understanding that you have a purpose in life right now It's uniting yourself with his intent His purpose To make things that are otherwise impossible Possible in your world I love Jeremiah I got it written on my wall in my office over there I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord You believe he's got some plans for you? I know the plans I have for you Plans to prosper you And not to harm you Plans to give you a hope And plans to give you a future Come on clap your hands and say That's the God that I serve I'll watch these musicians up here. Some of these boys have been raised and Brad said it so well, they've been raised. I'll watch them. You know, none of these guys were born with a guitar in their, arm, in their hands. None of them. Really. And Brother Kirk playing that piano and when Randy plays it and when Ann plays it and when Brenda plays it and, and when Gerwin comes on Wednesday night sometimes and plays it, they wasn't born holding on to a piano. One day, they decided that they'd sit down and try it once. And I'd have hated to bend the mom or the dad to hear them the first time they tried it. In fact, my mama talked me plum out of playing the piano. Son, you need to do something else. That's driving me crazy. That's why I don't play the piano today. I go in outside and play football. But they didn't, they didn't wake up one day. Learning and knowing how to play the guitar and knowing how to play the piano. They got on it and they saw themselves playing that guitar, playing that piano. And all those little stupid little notes that they hit all of a sudden begin to make rhyme and reason. And all those little chords that hurt their fingers and the fretting of the guitar that hurt their hand. It all of a sudden began to make sense. And before you know it, they're playing the guitar and they're doing these things that you say, wow, I wish I could do that. You can, you can if you dream. Let me, let let me, let me say something. Let me, let let me say it to you. I got a little four-year-old grandson that's got eight visions right now. Eight. He says, I'm going, I'm a grandson of Bo Daddy. That's his vision. I'm going to be a drummer. I'm going to be a golfer. I'm going to be a basketball player As good as Manu Ginobili I'm going to be a dancer He loves to dance for Jesus I'm going to be a singer I'm going to be a preacher And by the way I can hit a baseball I'm going to be a baseball player He has eight visions for his future And he's four years old And some of us here don't have any Come on folks Let's get get childlike again But our problem is There's so much I am not There is no room for God to tell us What we really are Quit telling God Somebody help me preach Quit telling God how you can't do it and start listening to God to say you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you in the name of the Lord come on clap your hands real big I don't have much longer to preach I can, I can, I can that was a problem with Simon Simon comes to the Lord and Jesus gave him a brand new name he said Simon means read and Simon you're more than a read I'm going to call you Cephas I'm going to call you Peter which means a rock And you're going to be a rock to lead the church of the living God. Because you're not a reed. I'm going to change who you are. I'm going to change your background. I'm going to change your purpose. I'm going to change everything about you. Because you're more than just a reed. I want to declare to this congregation today. You have been so kind to me for the last several years. And I'm preaching to people that are not reeds in this house. Come on. If you think you are, let me give you a brand new name today. Let me give you a brand new name today. You're a rock in this house. Amen. You show up to church in a world like this. You show up and worship God in a world like this. You're not a reed. You're a rock. You show up and you magnify God. You're a rock. You're a rock. You're a rock. Come on. Let God talk to you. Let God tell you. I'm not going to wobble. I'm not going to wonder. I'm going to be a rock in my community. I'm going to be a rock on my job. I will succeed in the kingdom because I'm going to see as God sees me. Not as I see myself So some people say you know Pastor how do I break this impossible barrier If you believe you can't play an instrument You won't pick it up If you believe you can't learn a language You won't try If you believe you're finished doing anything significant You will be But as long as it remains impossible in your heart and minds It will be impossible But when you start to see What is impossible for us is possible with God Then the impossible becomes possible because God can make it all possible. Matthew 19 says it with man. This is impossible with God. All things are possible. I apologize for the length of service. Some people are getting antsy and walking around. Can you give me five more minutes? The third thing I want to tell you is simply this. This is the most important thing. Abraham, don't only just lift up your eyes from where you are. Not only see yourself as I see you. But I want you to walk around in your future. I want you to walk around in it He said Abraham I want you to walk the width and the breadth Of the place that I have given you Walk it, I want you to walk it The practicality of go walk through the land Is absolutely seemingly senseless But the reason you have to walk around it is Because vision has no immediate answers For legitimate questions And vision doesn't know how it's going to become a reality It's just vision It comes with some assembly, but there's no directions for how to assemble it. And here's what I want to preach to you. There's lots of visions that have died in the place of premature questions, like, "What's, what's going on here? What are we doing? How are we going to do it? Where are we going to do this? When are we going to get this done? Who are we going to get to do this for? So it's a who, what, when, why, and how questions. And many churches fall short of what God has for them because there's too many people that ask the questions that hurt vision immediately. I want all questions to cease in this house because God's got his hand on this church. I want you to believe in something right now that if God has brought us from where he brought us to here, he's not finished with us taking us to where he wants to take us. This church will not limp into the rapture. This church will go up shouting in the rapture of the church amen this church is going to go up I believe that God has given me the 60s to have one of my greatest decades and I and 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 really I'm looking forward to my 70s because I promise you God's not finished with me he's not finished with this church we're going to walk into our future we're going to believe that God has great things for us this church I believe has a vision for a continual future, and God's going to give us that future before He comes and takes us out of here. Clap your hands real big and say "Amen" to that. You know, you know the only you know you know why we're not on why we're not on video now because I've got a face for radio. That's a fact. I'm the problem. I'm the problem. I've never seen myself as a TV preacher. Because I think if somebody saw this without this spirit, they'd say, that man is absolutely half-cocked crazy. (laughs) But when you're in the spirit of it, you understand. I'm like a coach with passion at halftime saying, hey, you might have got beaten that first half, but get yourself up, get your chin strap back on and get out there and let's win this second half. That's what it's all about. And I know sometimes that spit coming out of a mouth doesn't look good on TV. And I know that preaching until sweat pops up on your brow doesn't look good on TV. But I see this church as perhaps going to multiple campuses with video-driven preaching. Because I believe with all my heart that we're waiting on that to happen for God to do something great and mighty. Because I've seen it before and it's happened with guys a whole lot uglier than I am. And I believe with everything that's in me That God has a future for this church I also believe that this property Around us is going to come clear In just a little while And we're going to be able to purchase it In the name of the Lord I believe that with all my heart God has opened up doors He's done it before He's going to continue to do it And I also believe that this church may be one of those churches that's 24-7 one day, having church all day long, all night long, and people coming to find God at 3 and 4 o'clock in the morning and taking them into the prayer room and letting them meet Jesus, taking them to the water and seeing what God can do. You hear me? God's got a church in South Austin that's more than just a place where people gather. God's got an assembly. Yes! There's four kinds of people in the church. There's vision starters. There's vision stirrers. Then there's vision stallers. And there's vision stoppers. We're going to cut out the last two. Thank you. Let's get it down to vision starters and vision stirrers. I need somebody to stand up with me today and say, Pastor, if you'll preach that vision, we'll stir that vision. We'll open up our hearts to that vision. Come on. God's not finished with us. God's not done with us. Come on. He's not finished with us. Come on. I'll stir it, Pastor. I'll believe that God can do anything. I believe God can do anything. I believe God can do anything. Hey, he saved you. You were on the junk heap and he made something beautiful out of you. Just remain standing. I'm done. I am finished. Almost. <laughs> Jesus' mother was invited to a wedding and Jesus got invited. And they get there and they, they run out of wine. He had never performed a miracle. And Mary, looking further than she could see, said, hey, Jesus they have no wine and he said mom, he really didn't say mom, he said woman I never call my mom a woman if I was 60 and called her woman her hand would find something to hit me across the head with, a house shoe or something woman, what have I to do? I have never performed a miracle in my life I'm a carpenter I've never, I've never done this but she knew who he was she knew what he was she knew what he could do she saw in him perhaps what maybe something was holding back in him but she pushed him out and she turned to the servant and said whatever he tells you to do, do it do it and he said well here it goes Fill the water pots with water. They filled them with five or six firkins apiece. He said, draw it out now and give it to the governor. And they did. And the governor said, who does this? Most people serve the best first and then when everybody's kind of happy, they serve diluted stuff. They serve watered down stuff. But somebody has saved the best for now. Somebody has saved the best for now. Can I tell you? CLC's greatest days are not behind us. CLC's greatest days are not behind us. CLC's greatest days are now. And CLC's greatest days are in the future. I want you to start looking further than you can see and believe that God can do not only for you, but for your church greater than you could ever imagine in your life. And I close with this today. I close with this today. I read, a, I read a story a few years back. There was an Air Force. Air Force built a sophisticated unmanned jet called the Global Hawk. Put it up there. With no pilot aboard this plane could fly for more than a day, scouring terrain and relaying video to the ground station 3,000 miles away. I know I'm two minutes over. Forgive me. But a few years back, one of these planes was lost in a freak accident. It didn't crash into a mountain, no. It didn't run out of fuel and have one of its parts malfunction? no. Rather, it committed suicide. This plane committed suicide. It shut its engines down. It erased classified material from its computer, Said its flaps in a death spiral, and smashed at 400 miles per hour into the desert. Here's what happened. More than 100 miles away, a team of Air Force personnel were testing the second Global Hawk aircraft, the second. At some time in this test, this team told this second plane to terminate its flight. And unfortunately, the first plane overheard this signal from more than 100 miles away and thought it was being ordered to terminate its flight. And it did just that. $45 million plane was lost because it listened to the wrong voice. There's a lots of journeys that we can take. There's a lots of voices we can listen to there's many stars we can follow but only one leads to abundant life. And I'm preaching about that one today, Jesus Christ. I don't want you I don't want you I don't want you falling out. I want you to soar. I want this church to soar in revival. I want this church to have great great revival. One man said it this way, we all live under the same sky but we don't all have the same horizon. But this is the one I love the most. Those who dance appear insane to those who cannot hear the music. What I want to tell you is simply this when God gives you vision, He always gives you provision. When God gives you vision, He always gives you provision. It always comes with provision. So here's what I'm saying. I don't know how it's going to happen, I don't know how it's going to take place but I'm doing everything I can with whatever substance I have to make more space for people, a more space of grace for people. And God Almighty is going to hear our petition and see our vision and provide a means. It's coming in Jesus' name. Amen? It's coming in Jesus' name. 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 name. Hallelujah. So what I want you to do, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray and ask God. And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for listening.